Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. So we've got very big games to talk about today. We've had the London derby between Arsenal and Chelsea. We will be talking about the Premier League title race, the top four race, what happened in the league competitions around in Italy and in Germany. But we have to start around in Merseyside at Anfield as we had Liverpool thrashing Manchester United by four goals to nil. So Manchester United visited Anfield on the back of three very ordinary performances in the Premier League after the international break. They had mustered only four points of the possible nine after the international break. And it says a lot about the structure, the conditioning of Manchester United as of now in the present tense. They played teams like Everton who are struggling for relegation, who are struggling, struggling for survival, to be honest. Uh, they played Norwich City, who were already relegated, if not, and uh, they played Leicester City, who have nothing to play in the season. And yeah, obviously they have the Europa Conference League, but domestically they have got probably nothing to hang on to. They, domestically their season is kind of over. And they played these teams with a virtue of getting something out of it. And probably, you know, all nine points were expected out of these last three games. They drew against Leicester City in a game which they should have lost. They played Everton where they started very promisingly but then they faded away. And in the end, Anthony Gordon's goal, which was deflected of Harry Maguire, obviously, proved to be the difference. It was 1-0 at Goodison Park. And uh, then in that game at Old Trafford against Norwich where you think that this would be a smooth ride. You can actually use this game to get your goal difference in to a very good state and they didn't you know Norwich were on the cusp of a victory you know David De Gea made a wonderful save to deny Timo Pukki oh I'm sorry it was Rasicia who he denied when the score was already 2-2 they blew up a 2-0 lead albeit with a very attacking formation they went in they kind of were looking to have a very good time. They were pressing very nicely. Anthony Alanga won that first ball and then they got a goal through Ronaldo and then uh, that corner where uh, they didn't mark them really nicely. It was Gibson who was at fault for that goal and then again you had that uh, very good free kick by the way by Ronaldo. It was uh, should have been saved by Tim Krul but in the end the ball went into the back of the net. It was 3-2 in the end. A victory for Manchester United. A very much needed victory for Manchester United. And now they came to Anfield against Liverpool, who were on a high after beating Manchester City at Wembley after reaching the FA Cup final. They have a very easy tie against uh, Villarreal in the Champions League semi-final. Albeit Villarreal have beaten uh, Bayern Munich in the quarter-finals. But, you know... If you ask Liverpool who they would have picked to choose in the semi, who would have, who would have they chosen to play in the semi-finals out of Real Madrid and Manchester City and Villarreal? I guess almost everyone would have chosen Villarreal because I mean it would be comparatively easy than the other two. So uh, and they are a point behind Manchester City in the Premier League title race. So they're just waiting for something to kick into some of the oppositions that Manchester City play. And they were on a high against uh, an Anfield crowd. Manchester United are surely not going to withstand that pressure. The formation was a bit questionable. They played Phil Jones. Uh, Ralph Ragnick was uh, very adamant in his uh, pre-match press conference that he wanted to play a back three. I didn't understand what they were trying to do because it would have created a three-on-three. 
against the Liverpool front three, which is uh, currently on fire. And then again, Harry Maguire makes a mechanical error, a fundamental mistake, and the ball ends up in the back of the net. That's just a mistake which Liverpool are looking to capitalise on. I mean, Sadio Mane drags him out of position. Harry Maguire is level on the field with Diego Dalla, who's who is supposed to be the left wing back or sort of the left back in a back five. And he's on level with him. He's in a two-on-one situation himself. You release and you have Sadio Mane in a place where he's all alone. Harry Maguire is in a bit of a muddle. He's really not sure what to do, whether to go back or whether to go and close down Sadio Mane. He does nothing. He's just stranded in Midlands and Mane releases a ball. Was a very simple pass by Mohamed Salah and Luis Diaz has a complete tap in to put Liverpool ahead on on the night, and then that freakish little assist from uh, Sadio Mane, which makes it two 0 uh, courtesy of a Mohamed Salah goal. And I guess you know Liverpool played their part. I mean, we expected it from Liverpool, and. To a certain extent, I expected this from Manchester United. I really predicted a 3-1 or 4-0 scoreline in the end, 4-1 scoreline in the end. I thought that United could actually score one goal. And I would have been right because uh, they didn't have a chance, to be honest. They did have a chance with uh, Marcus Rashford. He should have scored, but he couldn't score. I thought Jadon Sancho, when he came on the pitch in the second half, looked very, very lively. You look at the way... uh, Players like Alanga play. I thought Alanga played really well. You know, not in terms of the productivity, but in terms of the work rate. I think he was one of those players who was uh, putting his heart out on the field. And then again, you had Harry Maguire, who's just having a bad season. I understand the criticism that he's been laid up to, but I feel he's a very good player. I I know that he's a very good player. I've seen it at Leicester. I've seen. In play for England, I mean, in the international break, that was just ridiculous with the England fans booing him off. I mean, he's done nothing wrong for you to boo him. I mean, it's all right with Manchester United fans. Uh, but, you know, Harry Maguire is a very good player. His confidence is just shot up. I don't think he should be the captain right now for Manchester United. He should give the captain's armband to anyone. Uh, not less to Cristiano Ronaldo because he's facing an issue of his own. Uh, family problems, I mean to say. Uh, if you look at this game, you know, it was particularly written on the wall that Manchester United are getting nothing out of this game. I mean, at the very best, at the very, very best, they could have given Liverpool a very tight game. I didn't think Liverpool are going to lose this game any which ways. You know, Manchester United are just going to give them a cakewalk with no McTominay or Fred. I mean, at least one would have given me some hope. I thought Matic played really well. He had to fill in sometimes in the back three in the second half and he was trying to press from the defence. I mean, that's what he showed in the second half. I mean, he's out of contract this summer. He's going to leave on a free. Uh, but he's he's showing some heart. I mean, to be honest, they, they, they were just babies running around. I mean, they were just toying with them. Thiago Alcantara had one of his easiest game of his life. I mean, he was playing... It, it, it looked like he was playing against a championship or a league one side. I mean, that was so, so easy for... For, uh, for for Liverpool to play against him. Henderson, he was struggling against Manchester City. And look at the game that he's played today against Manchester United. He, it, it, it is completely different things together. I mean, you have to say United not at their very best. 
and they haven't been at the very best for a long time now. I thought after the international break, if they could have capitalized on those easy fixtures, they were at home to Norwich, they were away at Everton, they were away at, at their home at Leicester City. I mean, the three points that out of these nine, you should actually muster out seven. To be honest, you get four, and then you put up a performance like this. I mean, it's not acceptable. And being on the... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being on the negative side of things when uh, the issue comes out to Bruno Fernandes. And I've seen this for a long time now, that Bruno Fernandes is more interested in winding down and apologising and doing all the nonsense that is not necessary on the football pitch rather than to play football. He is playing as bad as anyone could. I mean, if you look at him, he's kind of the worst players of this calendar year in the Premier League. I know he's got some goals and assists to his name, but the way he loses the ball just makes my mind go round and round. I mean, he just loses the ball for fun. He loses the ball for fun. I mean, there's no point in playing Bruno Fernandes in a game like this. There's no point in playing Paul Pogba in a game like this. You play Jesse Lingard and see what can happen. I mean, at least Jesse Lingard would actually put on some heart, put, put, put on some of that shirt and just go around there and... Keep the ball for God's sake. The worst that that can happen is that Lingard can actually be as worse as Bruno Fernandes. I mean, there is nothing to lose. I mean, you put Bruno Fernandes out of this team. I mean, for God's sake, he's just been dreadful to watch. I mean, the body language. I mean, it was it, it was an instance on the uh, when Liverpool were attacking the cop end in the second half. Uh, the ball goes out for a corner. Manchester United's first corner, I guess, of the game. And you look at the body language of Bruno Fernandes. At least people are trying to do something. Bruno Fernandes does nothing on the pitch. In a game where Manchester United are being dominated, he does nothing. He does not track back. He's not pressing. He's not pe closing people down. And even he's got the ball at his feet, he's just playing those risky passes when you know that you have to keep possession just for that little while. I mean, Liverpool are a team which is not as good in possession. But they get the ball back very quickly, and we know that. And to just be critical of Bruno Fernandes in this game will be a bit harsh. But I'm seeing this all along the season. He hasn't been good. Last season, I agree, he was good. He played an important role in getting United to the Europa League final. I mean, say whatever you want to say about that. But, you know, it was still the Europa League final. He got them to the second place in the Premier League, but in a season where Liverpool were hampered by injuries, in a season where Chelsea had a complete breakdown of the of all sorts uh, in the middle of the season. But then again, you look at the season, and the season you have to capitalize. He's one of your big players, and you see the way he plays. He is someone who just gets the morale down of some people or some people in the club. I don't think that he should be playing against Arsenal. It's, 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 it, it would just be criminal for Ralph Rangnick to say that, you know, Bruno, just come on, we'll have a go again, play against Arsenal. No, please, you, you don't have to play him against Arsenal. At the Emirates, you, you certainly can't. This is a must-win game now for Manchester United on the back of what happened at Stamford Bridge yesterday between Chelsea and Arsenal. You'll have to say that this is kind of do or die for them. If they let it slip or even they draw this game, you know, it's bye-bye for the top four spot. I still think Tottenham are going to drop points. They're going to drop points against Liverpool, for sure. I don't see them uh, 
getting any closer to winning that game as well at Anfield. I mean, it would just be crazy at this stage of the season if Liverpool let Tottenham win at Anfield. I mean, come on. Uh, Arsenal, they have got very tough games to come up. They have the London derby, as, not London derby as well. So that would be a place where you can also bank on one of those two or even both of them to drop points. So... Obviously, you have to win against Arsenal. You have got no other choice. You have got a reasonable amount of break after that because you play around on next Thursday at Old Trafford against against Chelsea, which is, again, a very big game. And then you've got three easy games where you have to win all the three games. You have to get in those nine points. In, in, in all fairness, if they would have won the Everton game, they, they wouldn't have been in this mess to, to start with. And Arsenal winning against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge has just made matters worse for, uh, for Ralf Ragnick. I think they need to get into a top fourth place to actually get some gravitize some players around at Old Trafford. Otherwise, you're not going to get any players. I mean, to be honest, they need some good players. And Ralf Ragnick said that he has given some names of players who they need in the summer, uh, in the transfer window. I guess they need... Someone like a Calvin Phillips from Leeds United. I mean, it's not given that Leeds United will stay up this season. So, if they can get him, they have to get... I mean, they have to get him. There's no do ways about it. I mean, they have to get rid of all those five players who are getting their contracts winded up now. Paul Pogba, Nemanja, Vat- Nemanja Matic, Edinson Cavani, Jesse Lingard, and the fourth one, I'm not particularly sure who is it. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, to hell with him. I mean, I, 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 I don't care. You know, you, you have to get those players out of this football club now. It's high time. I'm pretty sure that if Real, uh, if Manchester United don't get into the Champions League places, Cristiano Ronaldo will also leave the club. So all those guys who think that Ronaldo is the problem, you know, they might just figure it out with Eric Ten Hag what's to do next. I thought that uh, the way this this entire thing has been coming up together it's not really the fault of uh, Ronaldo it's not really the fault of players like David De Gea who've given their all this season Anthony Alanga is one of them who's been good lately Jaden Sancho has been brilliant as well I thought that he should have been starting ahead of Bruno Fernandes but who am I to say I mean maybe I do get some things wrong tactically when I predict things but I'm not getting anything wrong with regards to Bruno Fernandes. I mean, he's just been bad, outright bad. He's just been the mirror image of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was. A sorry, pay, a sorry person in a club which has no place for people like him. Um, as far as Liverpool are, you know, they're in the quest for quadruple. I don't think that it's given that they're going to win against Chelsea at Wembley in the FA Cup final. It's going to be a very tight game. You look at those games against Villarreal, I think they will go all guns blazing in this game against Anfield at, at Anfield on Tuesday. Or is it on Wednesday? I think it's on Wednesday against uh, Villarreal. They have got the game away at St. James's Park ag- at, against Newcastle in the Premier League, sandwiched in between those two Villarreal games. If they get something like 4-0 on the, on the day, which they can against Villarreal... They might play another strong game against Newcastle and then they just play some of the games, some of, some of the players around in Spain and see, see, see the result out. I mean, 
no doubt if they could lose it, they would still go into the uh, finals and see what can happen next. But complacency is something that I don't think Liverpool have right now. They have got a certain plan in place. I do think that they have got the belief that Manchester City will drop some points. I mean, they have got some very dicey fixtures to come on. I think, again, you look at Liverpool's fixture list and the only fixture that really concerns me is the one against Tottenham. I mean, again, if, if, you, look at, if you look at it, the, both the team sheets, you look at the, both the team sheets and you see what's next for both these teams, probably you'd say Liverpool have got the upper hand there albeit with Tottenham in the top four race, I don't think they will get anything out of that game. With regards to the other fixtures, yeah, I don't think there's much to say about it. They've got games, easy games, I guess, against Wolves at home. I mean, it could be in a tricky fixture, Wolves at home, but it's again going to be easy. Aston Villa away, it's kind of down those same lines. They've got Chelsea at Wembley, I guess, if they see, I mean, Chelsea have Emily and Spurs at home. I mean, you don't see that one being a bit of a problem. But, you know, Spurs at home is going to be very, very easy fixture for them if they play according to the strengths. As for Manchester City, they won very, very comprehensively yesterday against Brighton and Old Albion in the second half. First half, it was a bit of a question mark where Brighton were very resolute defensively. I thought Lewis Dunk had a fantastic game. He was just outstanding, putting in blocks, clearing the ball every single time he was ripped into the box. Gave nothing for Manchester City to cling on to. They created, I think they created none of the big chances. The one chance that was created was blocked again by uh, Lewis Dunk, where Gundogan hit the ball when he was in a bit of space. He had no one closing him down. Apart from it, I don't think that they deserve anything from that first half. Second half, again, a very, very fortunate goal for Manchester City as... Uh, uh, Riyad Mahrez got it away. I mean, again, it was very fortunate the ball landed on his feet. I mean, it was a very good run by De Bruyne. But it was very fortunate that the ball landed on Mahrez's feet. And then again, there was a deflection of Louis Dung when he slid on to get the block in the way. You know, you, you, you can have two ways about it. But I think Brighton played really well. Graham Potter has got nothing to be ashamed of. You know, they played some very tricky fixtures on the way through. They drew, they drew at Norwich. They, then again, they came uh, at the Emirates Stadium and they won there. They then went uh, to, the, uh, to, to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and then they won there as well. And then again, you have to come to the Etihad. Not an easy fixture list, obviously. So I give uh, all my love to Grand Potter. I think he's a very, very good manager. You look at him, the body language seems very positive, even when the chips are down. You look at the way he's drilled his players to be so good defensively. It shows a lot about his character. As for Pep Guardiola, again, you go up 2-0 up with two uh, very fortunate goals through deflections. Obviously, don't not sure that you deserve those two goals. But then again, you have Bernardo Silva, who's finished that chance off for 3-0. And it's all rosy then. In total, if you have to just evaluate this game, I think... Brighton were just one good 45 minutes away from just kicking out Manchester City out of the title race. That being said, if you look at the fixture list of Manchester City, it is not that pretty. They have to go away at uh, the Molyneux to play Wolves. They have to play at home against Aston Villa. And that is going to be in the dying stages of the season. They have got a very curious game against Leeds United.
sandwich in between those two Real Madrid in in between those two Real Madrid games. It will be at Elland Road. It's not given as of now that Leeds United are going to be safe. They're going to stay in the Premier League for next season. It's not given, so it's at Elland Road. Obviously, it's going to be a very hostile atmosphere for any team that comes on from Manchester. So, uh, this might be a slippery stone. I, I, I thought that Brighton would be a very uneasy game for Manchester City. Given the fact that they have those two Real Madrid games there, if something goes wrong in the first leg for Pep Guardiola, I'm sure that he will rest some of his players to play that game against... Uh, against Leeds United. I'm not saying that he will be complacent, but that's a way to manage your players around. So I think it would be along those lines. But again, the second string squad of Manchester City is good enough to beat Leeds United. But then again, if Jesse Marsh gets a draw or even gets a victory, victory would be very, very good. But if he gets a draw, I just see the title race going up for, for Manchester City. And... For that Champions League game against Real Madrid, they have to be very, very sure of what they're going to do. By the way, Ruben Diaz coming back into the squad is a very big plus for Manchester City. It's good that they have got one of their best players around back in the back into the side up for the latter stages of the game, latter stages of the season. I think Laporte, Stones, and sometimes Nathan Ake has done enough to fill his void. But the leadership is something that you can't take off of the shoulders of Ruben Diaz. It will be there for the business end of the season. We'll see what happens. Uh, as we were talking about those Manchester City fixtures, I mean, they do have Real Madrid to go twice. I am backing on Madrid to go through, obviously, being a Real Madrid fan. But, you know, if you ask me in my honest opinion, I know for sure that Manchester City are a better squad. They have a better manager at this point in time. Not sure over a career, but at this point in time, they have got a better manager. They have got better players. They've got a better plan. They've got a better project. As for Real Madrid, they're relying on individuals. They're relying on individual performances like, like those that Karim Benzema is putting up on a regular basis in the Champions League, like those cameos that Luka Modric is putting up. Thibaut Courtois saving them quite a few occasions. You have David Alaba being so good at the back, reading the danger every single time. You've got Eder Militao and all those kind of guys. In Manchester, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. I'm sure that it would be a game that people would not forget. If, if you're a Real Madrid fan, you are particularly sure about your team's defence. I know that they leaked a goal yesterday against uh, Osasuna, where they shouldn't have let in one. Karim Benzema did miss two penalties. I mean... I know all that, but you know, obviously, if I'm Real, Madrid, I'm, I'm a Real Madrid fan. I'm going to be a bit curious about to know what can what what can Real Madrid do. I mean, it's 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 pretty sure that they're going to play four three three. It's probably going to be Asensio Rodrigo. I have a feeling that it's not going to be Fede Valverde. It's going to be a midfield three. You need to get on your. Uh, your players who can give you goals. I don't think Fede Valverde give you, gives you much offensive output in terms of the numbers. He gives you a lot of work rate, lot, gives you a lot of defensive things, but he does not give you the work rate. If I have to choose, I would choose Fede Valverde to play alongside Casemiro and Modric. I would drop Toni Kroos and see that if, he ca if you can get in Toni Kroos in the later stages of the game. La Liga is all wrapped up. They rested Luka Modric yesterday. 
We'll have to see what happens. I'm in, in, in short previewing the Manchester City Real Madrid game. So for that first leg, I'm going for a very crazy scoreline. I'm going for 2 2 draw at the Etihad Stadium. And just to keep the Premier League a bit spicy, we'll see what happens in the second leg at the Bernabeu. For now, I'm keeping it at 2 2. We'll have to see what things title race I think Liverpool have given their all Liverpool have been just fantastic the way they played against Manchester City Man Manchester United it was just it, it, it was just galaxies apart these two teams I mean I was watching uh, the uh, English commentary with Peter Drury on the mic and he was just he, he, he just summarized it in the end it was just, just galaxies away both these both these teams in the end and uh, Again, you know, looking at Thiago Alcantara, the, the game that he played, it was just outstanding. Liverpool looked as if they were uninterested in playing that second half. I mean, they were just saying that, you know, just forfeit the game. We're just done with here. You're not scoring and neither be interested in playing this game. Just just, just get on with it. And I mean, that was sort of that was sort of the message that I thought that I was getting from that game. So we'll have to see what happens in the end. You know, it's not given that Manchester City are going to win all those games. It's not given that Liverpool are going to win all those games. I said games against away at Newcastle it's going to be a bit tricky games away uh, at Aston Villa it's going to be a bit tricky obviously you know Steven Gerrard might just this uh, <laughs> volunteer a loss for his old club his beloved Liverpool so we'll have to see what happens in the Premier League title race but for now I see Liverpool winning that game at Anfield against Villarreal we'll have to see what happens in the Premier League at the weekend as well but at Anfield against Villarreal I'm right now giving my predictions it's gonna be a very tough night for Villarreal in England 4-0 to Liverpool they go all guns blazing they just put they, they just put a sword through Villarreal's heart I mean that's how I see it going through I mean all those North London players coming back to England like Juan Foyt Edwin Capu um, all those players Dan Juma coming back to England so you know, Pau Torres getting a taste of what's it to play in the Premier League. You know, he rejected a move to go to Spurs. We'll see what happens, but I for now predict a very, very good week, week day at the office for Liverpool. 4-0 at Anfield. As for Man City against Real Madrid, it's going to be 2-2, as in my honest opinion. Let's see what happens. So Chelsea played Arsenal in a game which was a very, very important one for Mikel Arteta's side. Arsenal went into the game on the back of three successive defeats. They were having some injury issues with themselves. They had no Takahiro Tomiyasu. They didn't have the services of Kirantini. They had no Thomas Partey. So some of the big guys not playing in this game. So they were particularly a bit handicapped, but they went into Stamford Bridge with the spirits held high. They played really well against Southampton, to be honest, at the St. Mary's. They probably deserved a, a, a point out of that game down south. But, you know, in the end, it wasn't really... A game where you would say Manchester uh, uh, Arsenal were unlucky. I mean, Fraser Foster was really, really good in that game. They were completely outplayed on all on, on all fronts against Brighton and Ova Albion. Yeah, they, they had a very good rally in the end, but that was due to a very unfortunate goal scored by goal conceded by Brighton, courtesy of. Uh, um, Martin Odegaard, they were beaten, all ends up at uh, Sellers Park against Crystal Palace. But they came in this game, I mean, easily any team would have been on a low with all these results and they just turned out big time. 
But in the end, I, I think, you know, you have to blame the Chelsea defence. They didn't play really well. They've, uh, the mirror made, they, they were just, they were just shadow of the, of the team, of the defence that we all have known under Thomas Tuchel. They stubborn, the very resolute and solid defence of Chelsea. It was nowhere to be seen. I mean, they didn't play big characters in this of the side like Rudiger and Thiago Silva from the start I mean Thiago Silva did came on as a substitute for the game but they didn't play him from the start Rudiger was not present so Malangsa took his place and they were on a roll on making mistakes completely and utterly not on the place that they would have wanted him to be said that as playing as a right back you know probably a bit higher than Reese James and he had a good game. I mean, he gave away a penalty against Bukayo Saka in the dying minutes of the game. And then he uh, also gave, he, he was also at fault for Edin Kitia's uh, second goal. I mean, Edin Kitia scored two goals because of two errors from, uh, from, from the Chelsea players. You know, Christensen for the first one and then the second one was because of uh, Aspilicueta's poor pass. I thought Chelsea were not up to the game. I thought N'Golo Kante wasn't playing that good on the levels that we are known to seeing him. He wasn't really hitting those. And obviously, you know, you have got Ramadan uh, going around for him. You know, it's going to take a toll on him. You know, he's fasting. So, yeah, obviously, you know, we'll, we can have a soft side for him. As far as the other players go, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was very, very good against Crystal Palace at Wembley at the weekend, but wasn't really good wasn't really that good against Arsenal yesterday. I thought Lukaku gave some really nice runs, wasn't picked out on one or two occasions. Timo Werner, I mean, he had a very, very lucky shot against Aaron Ramsdale, which was deflected not once but twice, I guess, was of Ben White and of Gabriel, or of holding of Ben White. I'm not so sure who those two players were. It was particularly not very easy, to be honest, for Aaron Ramsdale to get a hand to it. I mean, it looks easy because the uh, pace has uh, been taken off the ball, but it isn't. It, it, it isn't. I mean, if you ask any pro goalkeeper, I mean, he would say that to you. Uh, I thought the way uh, Marcos Alonso played, I mean, he's playing on a very good level. I mean, he's on a good form. He's done really nice things around, and he, 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 he's been good. I mean, I would be surprised if he's not been called up to the Spanish national team by... Luis Enrique. By the way, he says that David De Gea is not some he's, he's he's not someone that he would trust to play his style of football. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you've already got Sanchez, you've got Unai Simon, who's not had a good season. You've got players like him, those two who are playing for Spain. I mean, come on, you know, you can have better players around. There. David De Gea is much better goalkeeper. I mean, he's not good with his feet. But obviously, you can't coach him there. Obviously, we're not going to talk about Luis Enrique and the Spanish national team, but uh, I would be surprised if uh, Marcos Alonso is not being called up to the Spanish national team by, uh, uh, by Luis Enrique after the end of the season. I thought that, uh, you know, they missed the likes of Kovacic and Jorginho in the, in, in, from, from the start. I mean, I, I, it, it was there to be seen. They did get themselves in a very good position. 2-2 two, two at halftime. You go out in the second half and see what can happen. But then in the end, Arsenal... I, I thought Arsenal deserved all their three points. They played extremely well. I think the penalty for Bukayo Saka was a, bit, was a bit dodgy. I thought that he held his hand and pulled him to ground with him. I didn't think that it would have been overturned once it's been given. So, I may... I mean, 
I, I would really agree to stay on that lines. But as far as Arsenal con- are concerned, these are very important three points for them. They're going to the game against Manchester United on a very good in, in a very good mood. I believe that they are the favourites to win against United on Saturday. They don't have a very easy run. I, you know, they've got Manchester United at home, West Ham away. Again, it's not going to be an easy game, but you know, with West Ham, they will be themselves going uh, to play against Eintracht Frankfurt at the London Stadium. So it won't be as easy as uh, as as everyone thinks. You know, West Ham might just rest some players. Leeds United, as I said. Uh, in the middle of a relegation type relegation battle, so maybe we'll see something from them. You know, Tottenham against Arsenal, bank both of them to lose points here. Newcastle against Arsenal, again a team which can really promise to be a bit of a headache for them. Everton won against Arsenal at Goodison Park early this season, so no, you can't say anything about this. I mean, they're sure to drop some points. I know that, you know, I'm not really banking on them to get all uh, the results uh, on their own, especially if Manchester United go and beat them at Emirates, which seems rather unlikely to me right now. As for Chelsea, the domestic season is already over. They're going to play in the Champions League next season. They're going to qualify as the third best team from England. I mean, it's the writing on the wall is already there. I mean... What else can you say about Chelsea? The only thing that they can fight is now going to be at Wembley against Liverpool in the FA Cup final. I mean, then again, they'll have two games to hang on to against Watford and Leicester. I mean, again, you know, it's not particularly sound to say to me, but, you know, Chelsea have been... They have been the victims of their own success. I mean, in some ways, they have been the architects of their own victim as well, but architects of their own demise as well. But in the end, you have to say that Chelsea deserve to be in the place that they are right now. Didn't play well against in Stamford Bridge. They deserve to go out of the Champions League. They were not particularly consistent enough as Liverpool and Manchester City are in the Premier League. They deserve to be third. They deserve not to be in the title race right now. But they're in the champion. They're in the FA Cup. They will be in the Champions League. But that's 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 all I can say. I mean, if they win the FA Cup, they take a trophy away from Liverpool. I mean, they're not concerned more about Liverpool, but they're all concerned about themselves winning it, winning a trophy for the for themselves in the season. I mean, that's 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 what I could have said. I mean, Chelsea have done with the season right now. We'll see where they where they where they end up being. I mean, for for Arsenal, I mean, it's going to be very. Tough for them to get into the top four. I believe so. I don't particularly see Tottenham winning all their games as well. I mean, they've all dropped points. It's not yet over for Manchester United. I would really want Manchester United to get into the top four. I do think that they would be really banking on themselves as well. We'll see what happens there. Uh, As far as uh, the other results from the night go, you know, we had... The DFB Pokal semi-final second leg uh, in uh, in Germany. We have got Freiburg against Leipzig in the finals in Berlin on the twenty uh, first of May. You know, really good game. I think Freiburg have been really fantastic this entire time. They've uh, drawn against Hamburg and they they played really well. They beat them one three three by three goals to one away at Hamburg. Goals from Vincenzo Grifo from the spot and uh, Nicholas Hoffler and Niels Peterson has scored as again as 
Niels Peterson does. I mean, he's been on a roll uh, lately. Um, Leipzig were at home to Union Berlin. Uh, two goals in the second half by Andre Silva and a very late goal by Emil Forsberg give them the victory. And they're off to Berlin. They will play uh, against uh, Freiburg at the Stadion. I think both these teams have been really consistent enough in the Bundesliga. Maybe both, those, both these teams will have a trophy to show to their fans at the end of the season. I'm really banking on Freiburg to win this game. Obviously, I would like even to li- for Leipzig to win this one. But, you know, Leipzig can win the, uh, F- win, win the Europa League and Freiburg can win the uh, DFB Pokal. So, it all would be uh, fair enough for both these teams and for German football, I think. Freiburg obviously have got some of uh, the players that I really like. You know, the likes of... Uh, Vincenzo Grifo, as everyone knows, I'm a big fan of Vincenzo Grifo. He's a really bright player. I do think so. He gets a bit unlucky with the, his uh, his Italian call-ups. I really like Niels Peterson. I, li- I really like uh, the goalkeeper Flecken, Matthias Gun- uh, Christian Gunter, uh, who plays at left-back. Even Philipp Leinhardt, the Austrian centre-back, he's a very good player. Nico Schlotterbach has been one of my favourite defenders in Germany. He's really been outstanding for Freiburg. He'll probably leave this season to join a big club. Uh, Borussia Dortmund have been circling around him. Uh, reports suggesting that Bayern Munich are also looking for his services. He's just 22 years old. I think he's got a good future ahead of him. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, as for Leipzig, they have got something to fight for. Obviously, it's the top four in the Bundesliga. We'll see what happens there. You know, Obviously, they are going to play in the Europa League semi-finals against Rangers, which I think would be a real, real easy game, real easy two games for them. Uh, away from Germany, we also had the Coppa Italia semi-finals. Uh, Juventus played against Fiorentina, and it was the Derby della Madonnina in uh, Milan, uh, where Inter thrashed Milan by three goals to nil. Goals from Lautaro Martinez in first half made it 2-0. Both those goals from Lautaro Martinez. The first one was really amazing. The second one, more of a good awareness from Lautaro for that ball from Joaquin Correa. Robin Gosens as well scored his goal for Inter. And now they're going to go through to play that game against Juventus in the Coppa Italia final, the Derby uh, what do they call what what do they call that? You know, it's uh, Derby d'Italia. It's something like that. Yeah, Derby d'Italia. It will be uh, contested in the uh, Stadio Olimpico in Rome, the home of Lazio and Roma. Uh, Juventus, by the way, played against Fiorentina after their one leg win against uh, the side from Florence in Florence. Uh, a goal from Federico Bernardeschi and a goal from Danilo at the very death proved to be the difference makers in this uh, in this tie. Three 0 on aggregate. They go through. I mean, it's going to be a very tough game to call. I mean, we'll see where these two teams are placed in. I believe both these teams are going to go through to the Champions League next season. We'll see what happens there. So that's it from me today. Be sure to check into my podcast when uh, we get back on next week, when we uh, get all the results uh, from the the big game in the Premier League at Old Trafford between Chelsea and uh, Manchester United. We have got the two semi-finals on the Champions League. We also have Europa League and the Conference League. You know, big game in the Conference League as well between uh, uh, Leicester and uh, AS Roma. You know, Mourinho returning to England will be a big spectacle to see what happens there. Uh, Europa League as well, as I said. You know, Eintracht Frankfurt against West Ham United is a very appealing game to a lot of fans around in 
in Germany as well as in London. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Champions League, as I've said, I've already given my prediction. So we'll meet next uh, on next Friday. Until then, take care of yourself. And by the way, to end everything, you know, my wishes, my thoughts with Cristiano Ronaldo and his family. He's returned to Carrington yesterday for the training against for that for that game against Arsenal. So we'll see if he does play for for him. I think he should take some days off. You know, return back after the uh, game against Chelsea. You know, it's not good for him to get himself out in the middle so early after this uh, huge personal loss. I mean, all my thoughts are with him. I mean, I probably he he is my favorite player, obviously. So uh, we'll. I mean, I felt sorry after hearing about his loss. It's very disheartening, as I as he said, you know, one of the uh, really bad things that you can experience as a parent. I'm obviously I'm not a parent, but I can, I, I cannot relate to his loss, but I can feel the pain. I mean, the the thing that we witnessed at Anfield on on the uh, when the clock tick ticked seven uh, seven minutes in the game, it was just it, it it was just incredible. I mean, it shows that it's it's more than a game. It's it's beyond the game. You know. I mean, obviously, Liverpool supporters are one of those very intellectual people who come in there very loyal to their club, but they're very, very good by heart as well. And I, I, I was, I was very, very uh, pleased to see what what happened there. So, my thoughts with Manchester United, and well, I'm sorry, not with Manchester United, to hell with Manchester United. But my thoughts with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and his family, with Jorginho, with uh, uh, with all these all, all all his kids, with Ronaldo's mom as well. Uh, may his uh, uh, may his son rest peacefully, and uh, good luck to his uh, newborn girl. So we'll see what happens with her, whether whether she becomes one of the great football players in the women's game. We'll see about in the future, about in uh, twenty thirty years after this. But until then, you know, check into my Twitter account. I do post a lot of things down there. It's weeklypod underscore ott on Twitter and weeklypod dot ott on Instagram. So until then, this was your host, Mayuresh Matkar. Cheerio!